Here's your host, Alex Garrett. All right. Well, welcome inside to another edition of Alex Garrett Podcasting. Uh, Cyril White is my guest once again to glory be to God Sports. Of course, we brought him on after his riveting speech at the George Floyd Memorial last year. Cyril, I can't believe that's a, nearly a year ago, firstly. Secondly, a lot's happened for you, a lot's happened for my podcast, and so uh, welcome back, and, and thanks for continuing this journey on this podcast with me and, and letting us continue the journey with you. Hey, man, it's great, and you're right. There has been, uh, you know, time flies. Time definitely flies, and, um, you know, definitely glad to, you know, still be alive. So much uncertainty in the world. And yeah, I'm glad that you're still continuing to keep the fire brewing. I've been following following your podcast and you have a lot of interesting guests, so appreciate the work you're doing too. Well, we're 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 at it, but I want to bring you back because last time we talked, we wondered if there would be justice for the Floyd family and George Floyd. A week ago, we saw that answer. Um I can't say I, I gotta say you're probably very happy, as is the rest of America. Um First of all, what were your thoughts? Did you cry? What was your first reaction when all counts were found guilty? Well, I'll tell you, um, you know, I'm firstly am very happy to see the Floyd family get justice in this case. Uh, just I'm just as I'm al- almost, you know, equally as saddened for the family of Mr. Derek Chauvin that their lives have been disrupted too by what that his actions, you know, I, you know, I think sometimes there's so much focus on George Floyd, um, his family mm. and the, and just how much their lives have been turned upside down. There are a lot of members of the Chauvin family that are innocent too, as well, just as innocent sure. as the Floyd family. So, you know, I, that was kind of, you know, once the once once I saw Chauvin stand up, put his hands on the back like that, and just kind of just like stood there, just just ten toes down, and just 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 took it on the chin and just walked out of there, you know, with his shoulders erect, you know, I, I just, you know, again, I just, you know, you got it, you know, to God, the, the to God be the glory mindset in me won't just allow me to look at it one way. So did the celebrating bother you in, in that sense, when you look at it in that perspective? Uh, I can't say, you know, well, I'll say. Mm-hmm. What I will say is that I did not go out and celebrate. That's what I'll say. I'll say that everybody has the right to express their emotions, how they feel. I definitely can feel that it was a sigh of relief. I will say that because too many times, Alex, you know, incidents occur like this and there's no punishment. Uh, you know, there's the, the officers that commit these acts, these crimes, acts and mm-hmm. crimes by their in the uniform with the badge and they never see any punishment. So, you know, it was a sigh of relief to know uh, something that was caught on camera and was so highly publicized around the world that the right thing happened. And that I think that was more so, you know, my my real feeling around it. Because just like you said, we all feel like that that's what should have happened. Right. But, you know, it's interesting you say, because I also felt 
like it was an earth-shattering moment in that we've never seen a cop get charged on all counts like that. I don't ever remember in my lifetime this happening. And so I still say there has to be... I hope police officers are are not scared to do their job now after it. I will add that to it. So, you know, you're in the community, and I know you are for community police teamwork. So after this conviction, does that change? What does that do? Does that increase the need for more community and police, in, you know, interaction on the good side, if you will? You know, statements that the prosecution made during their closing statement that really, really resonated with me was when he said, this is not an anti-police conviction. This is an anti-Derek Chauvin Act conviction. This is nothing. This conviction has nothing to do. In fact, this is a pro-police conviction that the policeman might be might know that there will be punishment if they don't follow the strict training that they uh, that they undergo. So I really appreciate that because you know that's what how we all need to think. We need to be pro police in the fact that police do serve a purpose and they do protect. You know, but it's just those officers that take these. Um, take the wrong attitudes on the job, you know, just take the wrong attitude to the job. So, yes, I think it's going to drive more unity projects. In fact, I've heard so many different people around the country talking about things that they're already doing in their pockets of the country. You know, Cyril, we talk about to glory be to God. And one of the reasons why I brought you on was because you channeled that anger, that upset of the loss of George Floyd into sports. You made a complex in his memory. So how's the complex going? How are the kids doing? How's, how's it all going with to be, to glory be to God sports, um, George Floyd. Well, I'll, tell you what, I'll tell you what, you know, uh, George Floyd went to Yates high school here, Houston, Texas. And, uh, you know, one thing, you know, COVID has limited a lot of the assembly with things, uh, but to God be the glory ball with the Yates boys basketball team and golf team and just continuing to to be a part of mentoring there um you know we're we uh just kind of do a glance here of the rendering of the sports complex and what it's going to come to look like okay so this is an aerial view of the five acres the layout and this is kind of a you know look at the gymnasium and, and how it's coming along. So, you know, this is actually in the back of uh, my book, On the Path to Life. And, you know, in this book here, it has my speech from George Floyd's funeral, wow. you know. Um, and we added some pictures in the back from, you know, George Floyd when he was playing with our basketball team. So, you know, this is just like one of the, so here are some pictures here from George Floyd with the team. Oh, wow. You know. Here, he's got his three fingers up here on this picture. You see him in the back there. I do. Wow. So, Those you know, we, we, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Classics, man. So, uh, you know, this book, you know, all the proceeds from this book have been going towards that center. And, uh, man, it's just been a great process. There are so many people that just want to connect and be a part, a part of something positive. 
So we just wanted that center to be a great landing point for all that positive energy. Cyril, you know, I just learned a couple of days ago that it's Stress Awareness Month. And obviously, for those following the trial, for those involved with this whole, you know, killing of George Floyd, there was a lot of stress to this. And you got the feeling a week ago that the stress was lifted off big time for those that wanted to see justice. And then the whole term of, well, there's more work to be done. But Cyril, I got to ask you this. You've been so calm through it all. Like you've been a calming force. How have you stayed at that calm level when everything's going on around you? How did, how did you do that? And I'm sure that's been a help around the, your member, you know, your team members as well, to have your calm leadership through all of this. I appreciate that observation. Uh, you know, I spent two-thirds of my adult life in China. You know, I haven't played basketball in China and taken teams in and out of there. And, you know, I, I traveled to the Shaolin Monks Temple in Dengfeng, China, in Zhengzhou Province. So, you know, I've really observed a lot of the calm and the, the serenity of the Chinese culture. And, uh, you know, that, that became a big part of me, you know, as I was living uh, in China, just, just, just making those observations. Um, and then, you know, just like I said earlier, the balance, you know, there has to be balance, you know, uh, you know, cause there are, there are two sides to it. Like I said, just we're happy about the justice that the justice system did what it was supposed to do in convicting Derek Chauvin for his individual act, for his individual act. But just as Mr. George Floyd's family innocently is enduring the byproduct of that. So is Mr. Chauvin's family, you know? So it's just like, it's, it's those types of things that kind of give me to focus on, you know, okay. You can only bring people together. If you're really looking at both sides objectively like that, I can't bring groups together. If I have mm. a bias towards side, mm. you have to really look at both sides worthy of the attention to make the connection. Cyril, you're hitting on a point I made earlier in the week, which was we have to adapt to each other if we want to bridge the gap. You know what I mean? You can't, you can't have everybody on this two sides of the thing. You just have to adapt and, and interact with each other again, connect again. We, this pandemic has really disconnected us. And at the same time, it's connected us. I mean, you and I met through this pandemic and we've stayed connected since Thanks be to God. Thanks to Zoom and and right, to LinkedIn. Right, right. But in general, the gap exists because no one wants to adapt to each other, actually talk to each other, right? You know, here in Houston, Texas, uh, we had a police chief, Art Acevedo. Mm-hmm. He recently left Houston to Miami, took an offer there. So we had a longtime uh, police police uh, officer and servant to the community, Troy Finner who was a product of Houston ISD. Uh, he went to Madison High School here in Houston, graduated in 1985. They, this guy's police chief now. And you want a bad word anywhere about Troy Finner around the Houston community. You know what I mean? So he's okay. already got a reputation not in the community. And, you know, he because of that, he's got a great opportunity to extinguish some of these emotional fires, right? tear down these walls and barriers now he's he's new to the post so he's in his transitional phase but 
I've got a lot of confidence about what he's going to be able to accomplish here in Houston. And with Houston being in the top five biggest cities in the USA. I heard it's fourth biggest, actually. Yeah, we can get something established down in H-Town. It'll trickle over. We can be the model for country, uh, cities and states around the nation. Hey, while we're on that note, how has it been having everything wide open again in Texas? I mean, I heard it was like an uproar when, when Governor Abbott went 100%, but are cases down? What's the attitude like and atmosphere like having well, you know, that The atmosphere is certainly wide open, but not for Cyril White. You know, Cyril, I, I'm going to spend time in my home office. I really haven't been. Uh, you know, going to, to our normal home office space, but spending a lot of time here in my home office. Um, I'm not in situations where I'm in big crowds, you That's know. Good. Most of my meetings, I'm doing them through Zoom. So um, we catch you at the Rangers opening day, in other words, right? Oh, my goodness. Wow. You know, it, it's interesting because I think that we've gotten such a relaxed attitude with the vaccine being distributed and, you know, people just kind of having a sample size of who caught COVID, who's died, who survived, and just a bigger sample size of information. So I just think it changes everybody's attitude. But for me, I'm masked up and I'm staying isolated as much as possible. Personally, as a baseball fan, I was happy that someone tried it only because, you know, yeah. I get back to normal at some point, and I, I felt that that was an interesting step forward. Um, that would, of course, draw controversy. But let, let's stick to sports for a minute, because obviously you mentioned China, and I, I, I couldn't help but think of that when you were pre-pandemic, you were actually in China at a basketball uh, tournament over there, which got canceled. But LeBron James then tweets out this thing about the other cop that shot Makia Bryan and whatnot. Was he in the right? What What do you think when athletes do go down that road of even exposing and quote unquote doxing a cop? I mean that that didn't seem right. It didn't sit right with me, and I'm sure it didn't sit right with you. So, if you were to coach your guys, how do you coach your guys on social media? Hey, you know what? You're athletes, but you're also humans. You have to sort of weigh in that balance. How, how do you teach that to your to your guys? Well, you know, first, you know, first I'll say that. Uh, you know, I can't. I can say that I really like the fact that LeBron James is vocal, and I like the fact that uh, high-profile athletes who are influencers and influential, I like that they are vocal and and try to bring awareness to social issues, um, important issues. Uh, you know, I do think that you need to be. You need, you need to just do your research. Before you speak on anything, and uh, are you there? Yeah, I'm right here. Yeah, it's just uh, do you do your research before you speak on anything, because you know all these all athletes and celebrities are, are polarizing. Either you got people who really love them or people who really don't. So, I definitely think these gentlemen, are, you know, ladies and gentlemen, are in a very powerful position. But with that comes great responsibility. Right, you got to do all of your, you got to do all of your due diligence, um, and that's you know that's the only thing. Now, you said that you know you sure it doesn't sit right with me. Um, I think I understand what LeBron's intentions were. You know, I understand what his intentions were. His intentions, his intention. He just hey, what I'm saying is, I'm tired of seeing police kill citizens. 
more specifically black people. Now, you know, that's that was his intention, you know, because it was infuriating, right? And perhaps, perhaps he didn't have all the information. Perhaps he couldn't make a critical um, assessment. Not perhaps, but what he did know is from whatever information he was able to gather, he didn't like it. And he right. thought that somebody should be held accountable. Now, one thing that he still is, he's a basketball player. He's not a judge. He's not a jury. He's just a famous basketball player. So in that regard, you know, he's allowed to express his opinion. And what's interesting about that, Alex, is mm-hmm. though he's not a judge, though he's not a jury, his opinion is going to have equal or greater weight than people in those positions to the public. Well, and that's why I think a little more responsibility only because it just, to me, it felt like he was calling for the cop's head and that I just didn't, that did not sit right with me. Yeah. You know, and I understand like, like you said, he was doing that based on the limited information. So I think, I think what we do want agree on what we totally agree on is that you got to be responsible Absolutely. when you make these and that you you really, you know, you can say what you want, but it's in your best interest to have all your facts straight before you start speaking on something for someone to come with a rebuttal and it makes you look like you know what you're talking about. Cyril, I think you should almost teach a class because you're in that community. You're in the sports world. You You should almost... Uh, you know, become professor of that and say, hey, you know, I've coached guys. I can coach on how to react to this because maybe they don't have enough coaching on how to react to these things in the public sphere. Would you agree? Uh, you know, in the NBA, they have an orientation that all rookies go through. And, uh, you know, when guys get to the level of a LeBron James, they certainly have, you know, public relations assistance mm-hmm. and uh, you know, there are a lot of people around them to, to be able to help. Now, in my regards, but to God be the glory, if I take a guy on a tour to China or any foreign country, yeah, that's certainly part of my orientation, too. I have a list of do's and don'ts, lists of things never to comment on in certain countries, you know. And, and, and the biggest the biggest rule of thumb in all the contracts is before you speak to any media in a foreign country, come see me first. Mm. And, if I could sit, yeah. and if I could sit in on the, and, and I'm going to sit in on the interview and then if it's any negotiation, I'm just not going to let you answer. And then after we leave, and then after we leave that meeting, I'm going to explain to you why. So that's kind of how I get guys to be more savvy when you're dealing with the media, especially in foreign countries. Sure. Yeah. And here in America, I think the media is a little tougher on everybody too. I mean, it's just, it's a wild, and that's the other thing is like we do need our independent sources too, right? Because the media doesn't always do us justice either. And and to the point on that, when Laura Ingram said "shut up and dribble," I didn't like that either. Like I think they these guys should be able to have a voice. It's just you pair that with the responsibility, and, and you got a winning formula. Responsibility. Right responsibility. That's what it is. So you know, I want to speak back to the bridges, you know, situation. Sure. And- that's been so controversial and how that happened. We had a few deaths. We had my guy, um, the young man, Dante. Um, Dante would get killed. Dante, up, right? right. Yeah, get killed up in Minnesota. 
Then we had this, you know, 13-year-old boy in Chicago. And then we had this other young lady. Uh, who was that? Chris Bridget. Makia Bryant. Makia Bryant. Okay, so we got, so it's like this, like, you know, it seems like the media, you know, it's like they, they kind of just really sensationalizing these these deaths between citizens and police like that we need to know about it but it's almost like this sensationalized yellow journalism approach now you know yellow journalism that's a strong term for me to use because that's kind of national fire star magazine but it's still like they really sensationalize this and try to really draw people into it and it becomes so polarized and divisive right it's informative, but it's information that divides further. Do you agree with that? Well, it's drumming up something that maybe should not be should not be drumming up, and the release of all these information came at a time where, you know, the the Chauvin trial was coming, was was due a verdict, and then they come out with these stories. It's, it did add fuel to the fire. If I'm being honest with you, I mean, yeah, I agree, and I agree you know, with, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. There's a way to report on it too, which I think is what you're hitting on right now. You know, and then, and then you know, the, what the world did, for the most part, now you say you got a few conservatives that just won't admit and accept that what Chauvin did was wrong. But for the greater consensus of common sense people, everybody thought that that was wrong. Correct. All right. Now, you have differing opinions on all of these other cases based on what has happened on the video. Right. With Dante Wright, number one, he broke away from the thing. He ran, jumped in his car after he was okay, and he was on on what what um he was having a warrant. Yeah. For yeah. on robbery. Okay, so that's that's a different case. I'm not justifying anything. So you the listeners at home, I'm not justifying anything. What I am is stating that you can't hear every single thing in one pile. You have to look at everything case by case which is why it has a case number. Mm. You look at the young man, what happened uh, with Bridges, okay, the knife, the fight, the this, okay, that. Somebody about to get potentially killed, hard, maimed, okay? That's a different situation. Yep. Every situation is different. This other 13-year-old boy was a gun involved. It's 2.30 in the morning, gang-type thing. Everything is different. You can't just heap everything in one pile and be like, the police are just going wild out here. Oh, these oh, they just killing people. Kill that will. And that's not the case either. I agree. I, I don't believe that's the case. They just it, it felt to me like they were saying the cops kill someone almost every day. And I'm like, that 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 can't but they be might right. though, Alex. Alex, yeah. they might. They might. They might kill somebody every day. They might kill more than one person every day. I'm not justifying it, but what I am saying is you got to look at this thing case by case, man. So why are we in a society that doesn't? I mean, why, what, where, why do we go so wrong to that every little thing becomes like, well, we got to watch out if there's going to be a riot. Like, hey man, where... you got blank. You know, I just feel like we, let's go back. Let's go back eight sentences ago. That word was talking about responsibility mm. who wants to be responsible or who wants to blame 
you know, uh, one of my good uh, clients, uh, Trey Moore, playing. And uh, he, used to, he used to win the MVP all the time. And we used to always talk about this personal accountability. And we used to say, the blame game is lame. Mm. The blame game is lame. Blame game, lame. Like you can't, you you got to take responsibility. Damn right. You know, because yeah. you got to look like, okay. And again, okay. Responsibility. Individual citizen, police officer, everybody has some responsibility. If you have, if you fail to do what you're responsible for doing, if I'm trying to get you to take responsibility for your part, that doesn't mean I'm trying to give the other part an exemption Mm. or justification. It's not an exemption. It's not a justification. It's just an acknowledgement of where the responsibility should have been distributed. Exactly. You know, Cyril, I got to ask this. It's this mindset that I feel that brings players of all kinds down to your complex because they know that you've got an even mindset. Would you agree? You know, I really hope so. You know, and and that's the thing. Uh, You know, that's, that's the thing. I do look at it. I do look at it as a weeding out process. You know, I want, you know, players and clients, athletes who are no nonsense, right, who get to the black and white of it and who own up. You know, you don't want to cheat yourself in workouts. You don't want to cheat yourself in the paperwork, in the process. Whatever we do, we want to strive to be excellent at it, right? Because at the Mm -hmm. end of the day, the blame game is lame. Now, on both sides, yes, Police, they need to take responsibility if they're not adhering to training, if they're not using their best judgment. But citizens also have to, you know, take responsibility. Mm-hmm. Why do I have, why am I 13 out at 2.30 in the morning with the gun and gang? Why am I there? Parents, why are you, why are you, why is your kid there? I have, I've mm-hmm. had 13 year old kids. They've been outside doing that ever. You know, but that's why, why sports is so important because they bring sports yeah. brings us together, but brings us out of that danger zone. No, right. That's yeah. So this thirteen year old kid, now he was thirteen. He holding a gun. I had a basketball in my hands at all times at age thirteen. Mm-hmm. I had a ping pong paddle in my hands, a ping pong paddle. You know, you got to have the wrong things in your hand. And sports, it gives you some goals. It gives you some camaraderie or some positive vision, something that you can hold on to build a life around. Hey, I wanted to say thank you for James Harden. Uh, we are really excited to have him in Brooklyn. <laughs> um, and, and that's been weighing on my mind because you said Houston. I'm like, yeah, of course, James Harden. What a topic of conversation because now that's a guy that seemed to well, the Rockets' mistake was getting rid of Maury, right? I mean, if they kept him, <laughs> if they kept him, you would keep Harden at this point. So I just, it, it, I'm thankful that the Nets got him, and I'm a Nick fan, but I, I'm glad that the Nets got him because what a what a show every night in Brooklyn. You know, James Harden is the man. He can score the ball. I I really enjoyed watching him play, and you know, I think I you know I was also privileged to have some uh, access to his private workouts when he would work out in the off season uh, down here with coach John Lucas. And it's just 10 minutes up 
streets from my 10 minutes down the street from my house, pop in and just watch him do work, man. He's a joy to watch. And, uh, well, yeah, I mean, that. so I was going to say, I hope to see you up here in Brooklyn one of these days to, to catch a game. You know, I brought a group. Uh, I love that. You know, I brought a group from China over to the Barclays Center, uh, working, with, working with Stephon Marbury. And uh, we brought a group of 20 people from China to come. To, I think it was the Brooklyn Nets versus Sacramento Kings. It was a few years ago. Nice. And we had a great time out there. It's great. I really like the Barclays Center, too. It was my first time checking it out. It's a nice building, man. It, it puts good work into that. It is a beautiful building, and it's so striking. You know, you go outside, and just their presence is known. And I love that you can see the Icer court right from the entrance. It's just so cool. Unbelievable. Walked in, and it's just like, just like that. Yeah. All right, well, now that we're sticking in, in basketball and NBA, on the other side of town in Dallas, you've got Mark Cuban saying, well, we're not going to play the anthem. I mean, was that the right move either? Like, it just seemed like a boneheaded move to me. But, you know, again, again, it's just this is America. And everybody has deep opinions, deeply, deep-rooted feelings about what what they need to do. And, uh you know, I cannot say about Mark Cuban. Can I say that? Um, you know, Mark Cuban is a very smart man. And, you know, whether he felt that he should. What, what, what was he really trying to bring attention to by, by saying that? You know, I think right. it was more than him saying, I don't want to play the national anthem before my games. I think it was more him trying to draw attention to something else around that issue. That's my opinion of that. Oh, wow. That's true, too. Um, I guess they ended up playing it after all. Cyril, I've got to say, so we it's been nearly a year, as I mentioned at the top. So what progress has been made for you guys at uh, Glory Be to God Sports? Like, what, what kind of progress report would you have for us in addition to talking about everything else? How's the program going has it grown? Uh, how has it gone through the pandemic, too? I mean, we almost talked at the beginning of the pandemic. You went through a whole few months of it. So how has it been during that whole time uh, after May? You know, it's been uh, it's been a great, great uh, growing time. I think the biggest part are the type of national partnership, mm-hmm. national support group that I've been able to establish around the nation. You know, we've always been based in Houston and doing things in China, but being back at home, back in the States, you know, formed great partnerships with people out there on the, you know, in the LA area out in Newport Beach, um, you know, a group that's out in, in Portland, Oregon, uh, who has an, uh, four acres of land that they want to commit to a, a unity through sports project. So really, uh, listen, um, uh, a letter of, of cooperation that I'm here holding right here from uh, from Liberia, from the government of Liberia, who has uh, some land that they want to dedicate to a Unity Through Sports project. So the different people from around the world that are committing resources for Unity Through Sports projects, that's been the international growth um, and, and it's a lot to manage, Alex. 
You know, yeah. it's a lot. It's a lot to manage. But like I said, once we get it going in Houston, we can duplicate it in these places. You know, one I've got to ask you: Did you think the impact of speaking at George Floyd's memorial would help grow it, or did you go up there mainly to talk about your friend? Like, I feel like it's so genuine that you didn't even know the impact it would have. I really didn't know. I really did. I, I really didn't know. Uh, I was really honored that his family, uh, you know, thought enough of "To God Be the Glory" and and George Floyd's time with it. To, to ask me to speak at that occasion. It was such a high-profile event. Um, and, you know, with so many negative things being said about Floyd at that time, I just really wanted to speak truth about what I knew and our experiences together. I'm just sitting here, man, I'm just sitting there at my desk. I randomly got these pictures randomly. Look at this. Mm. So now this picture of Floyd. You see Floyd hitting this picture? Look at that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. How tall was he again? Well, they listed him at what six six. Wow. And of course, everybody's seen this one a lot. This is the one they use a lot. He's standing right there behind me. And up you until know. the tragedy, he was playing ball, right? I mean, up until. Well, you know, you heard even his uh, girlfriend say on the stage he was still like to throw football around and mm-hmm. lift weights and do pull ups every day. So you know. Sport the Unity Through Sports Project will be a great memorial. Uh, you know, not only inspired by George Floyd, but all of these other tragedies that were just misunderstandings between police and citizens. So that's the ultimate goal. I really wish people to, you know, the To God Be the Glory Sports website, right? Just go to tgbtgsports.com and they can learn more about it and see how they can get involved, how they can support. That's really what I like from your listeners. Well, tgbtgsports.com is, is the website. That's right. Correct. Correct. Well, Thank I'll, you. I'll make sure to link that in our sort of chapter section of the podcast. I'll definitely put that link up there for people to click. And Cyril, as always, it's it's been great talking to you once again. And we got to do it more than just every year. You know, I'll, I'll try and bring we you back on. We got to do something quarterly, man, because, you know, you're up there in New York and I appreciate you. Uh, you know, exposing me to your listening audience in that part of the country. And likewise, you know, I, I like being able to share, you know, with my group about, you know, I just, we have great conversation and I really appreciate your energy. Well, I wanted to ask you one thing because you were talking about balance. So, you know, in the midst of all this stuff, we still see videos of cops literally playing basketball with the kids on the street. I mean, to even right. see that is pretty cool, is it not? Correct, because that's that's where we need to go more towards that, you know. Like I said, we used to have the PAL League, Police Athletic League here in Houston. We have it in New and, York, too. You know, yep. we, yeah, once once you get the police and the citizens together playing some sports in a relaxed environment and some camaraderie, man, that breaks the ice, it changes the attitudes, and it trickles down. The, there's also been a lot of conversation before I let you go that, you know, in the community, people – in those communities should become part of the police force. And so what are your thoughts on that while I have you? Because I know you're very involved with the community. So is that a good route? Do you feel like there's no enthusiasm? How enthusiastic are people of the community to go into the police force to change Great things question. Up? Great question. You know, you, you can recall when we were in the third grade, fifth grade, teacher asking us what you want to grow up. Lots of kids were saying firemen, policemen, things like that. There used to be a lot of pride in that 
profession, mm -hmm. people growing up. But now with all the controversy, you know, it's a very dangerous profession. And so mm -hmm. I think that at, at, over time, over time, as the community's relationship with the police departments around the country improve, you're going to see more people start to want to be a part of that profession again. Right now, the PR for uh, to be a police officer, I mean, that that's just not something where kids are just being motivated to go towards. But I definitely think that it's going to change. I think the way this happened with Derek Chauvin is giving the community a renewed faith. And I'm, I, I just feel like, Cyril, you're going to be part of that change, aren't you? I'm glad to be. To God be the glory. I'm here for it. He has you where he wants you. I mean, I always believe that for anybody I bring on this podcast, and he's got you where he wants you right now. Amen. I take it. Cyril, it's always great to have you. Cyril White, to glory be to God sports. We'll talk about the Unity Project when you get back. And, yes, let's make this quarterly because things are always moving for you and, I guess, for me. So I'd love to talk about it with you. No doubt. Be sure your viewers can yes. hop on and get the copy of the book now. Uh, everybody go get the book. It's going to support the project, and I'll get it's it called, to you hey, as soon as you go. Right. For those on, on the, the podcast, path to life. On the path to life, and it's by Cyril White. And you can find it on Amazon, right? To get it on site on the God be the glory site, tgbtgsports.com. Buy it on the website, 15 bucks. And I'll link it up. All right, Cyril, congrats on the book. Congrats on the progress, and congrats on, on feeling that relief a week and a day ago. Really glad to have you talk about it tonight. Hey, man, I appreciate it, Alex, and I'll talk with you later. You have a I'm great Alex, night. I'm Alex Garrett, where we're always adapting. Thanks for listening, and talk to you soon.